This is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. Hello friends, and welcome to your probably the last serial killer shorts or short crime Sundays I do in a while. Um, And that might feel like bad news, but I think this is a good thing and it's something that I'm really, really excited for. So if you have or have not noticed, I kind of took about a month, another month off um, from all of it, just from all the true crime, all the business. It's just with everything going on in the world right now and my already pre-existing mental state, um, researching and talking about and dealing with serial killers every single day um, I don't think you need to be a psychologist to understand that, that would probably fuck you up. <laughs> so it really wasn't good on my mental health to be doing something like that. And so I kind of went, I, I in, went on an internal, went on an, an internal, uh, soul searching thing. Um, which was funny because, so with that announcement, I do have yet another announcement, which some people have already heard about. So sorry if you're hearing it again. Um, but so about four weeks ago, roughly, um, I got a comment on one of my serial killer YouTube videos. Okay. Which if you didn't know, I have a YouTube, which th- don't worry, this will tie into that in a second. And it said something along the lines of like, you know, you have a really good personality and you should kind of consider doing like a lifestyle vlog over, um, like serial killers. And at the time, I was like, well, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. And I I didn't take offense to it, but I was like, well, but that's not my thing. But you know what, friends? I do have other interests besides serial killers. And most of my interests are much less depressing. And I love so many things on YouTube, like the makeup challenges, unboxing videos, like anti-MLM videos. Like, I love them. I think they're so fun to watch. And you know what might be fun? Making them. (laughs) So not like a lifestyle vlog in certain, but I just think it'd be fun and it's a good excuse to do silly videos and maybe you guys will like them. Hopefully they'll make me laugh and maybe they'll make you laugh too. And that's kind of just the gift I want to give to myself. And if it, if it gives a gift to other people too, I'm into it. So, um, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, I will have a video up. Um, if not, my goal for that is to do one video a week. I'm taking away the entire time frame of putting a a pressure on myself for a day. Um, don't be alarmed. Cabernet and True Crime will still be a thing. Um, it'll still be a podcast. It'll still have its own Instagram page. I still plan on posting every day on that, um, because that's very manageable for me to do. So I want, I want that to be its own thing, but I'm going to present to you, which I, listen, I am so proud of myself for coming up with this name and it made me laugh. Well, okay, to preface this, I was tequila drunk. So it, it when I thought of this idea, it made me laugh really, really hard and I really enjoyed it. So my new lifestyle vlog is going to be called Just the Cab. Um, do you get it? Like it's a pun on Cabernet and True Crime and then Just the Cab. Um, so <laughs> and it's, I still think it's funny. Um, and that's, see, this is what it's all about. Like it's, I'm already feeling so good and so uplifted about it that like, I cannot wait to get started. Um, I kind of have a video in mind already. It's going to be more of an introductory thing. Um, 
but I hope you guys check it out and you like it. And if you need some happiness in this world, I want it to be just a light, comical, fun time to escape from the madness. Right? But, so, I... I I do still like having a true crime podcast. It's just I need I need something else too. So I can't just double down on doing so much true crime. I want to do like a 50-50 Cabernet and true crime and then um, do like just the cab on the side. So I don't know if there will be an Instagram page for that yet. Um, I think there will be. So if you're listening to this, I will probably have posted something on my Instagram the Cabernet and True Crime Instagram, it'll all be linked together, and I just, I want to be happy, and I want you to be happy, and so let's just be happy together, all right? So now that's been a five-minute fucking intro on the Short Crime Sunday, or whatever this is called. Um, This will be the last one, most likely, so I... Sorry it's not that short, but I had to get a lot of stuff out, so I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I hope this is good. I hope you're not too disappointed that, uh, serial killer, whatever the fuck it is, is going away. Um, I'm really not that upset about it, and that's a a sign to me that it's good that it's going away, um, because I don't feel bad that I'm getting rid of it. So, um, today, now that all that is out of the way and we got that all settled down, today we're going to be talking about, um, the sewer murders. Now, First of all, I don't know why I've been on such an unsolved crime kick. If you've been listening for like the past, well, not the past month because I haven't recorded anything in a month, but the last couple podcasts I've done have been unsolved crimes. Um, And I thought that kick would end sooner than this, but uh, this is just destined to be unsolved (laughs) again. So um, I was originally going to cover the murder of Karina Holmer, um, but when I was starting to research that, it's been covered by so many true crime podcasts and blogs and everything, and I just, you know, that that is not my style. Um, I, yeah, so I just, I, I did, even the first preliminary Google it pulled up, like, I couldn't even find any information that wasn't already related to a podcast or a blog, and that's not for me. Um, so instead, I took a crime that I was originally going to use as a patron-exclusive episode, um, but I had a lot of difficulty finding information on this. Um, it, well, because if you've been here for a while, you know language barriers, they aren't my thing. <laughs> Google Translate is not good to me, and I don't speak fluent German, so... Yes. So if you haven't already read the title, I present to you today The Sewer Murders, or um, known in German as The Canal Mord, which I'm sure I'm butchering. So The Sewer Murders were a string of unsolved murders, um, most likely committed by the same person, a serial killer, um, that took place in the Frankfurt Rhine Main area in the 70s and 80s. So to put that into perspective, the Frankfurt Rhine Main area is the second largest metro region in Germany. Um, right now, the population is listed as exceeding 5.8 million, so it's kind of a big deal. Um, and if you look at pictures of the area, oh my goodness, it's stunning. The, the area itself is absolutely beautiful. So if you want to like Google that, Rhine-Main area of Germany, stunning, beautiful. Um, so in total, there were seven male victims, all of which were between the ages of 11 and 18, and all were from the city of Frankfurt. It's believed that some of them were sex workers, and in almost all cases, the boys' hands were tied behind their back and they were beaten to death, but all of them were thrown into the sewerage. 
So in most cases, it's hard to tell how the victims died because the length of time they went undiscovered and also to damage done by the screw conveyors in the sewer system. Um, yeah, I used to work for the sewer district and it's surprising, like the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, if you live in this area, I used to work there, um, but none of this means anything to me. So you see why they didn't hire me on as an actual employee after I my internship there, right? <laughs> Because I retained absolutely nothing and it dealt with poop and it was the worst thing ever. So I, it paid really well though. If you're looking for an internship, that's that. Okay, so <laughs> on September 7th, 1976, a teen, somewhere between the ages of 15 and 18, was found in Stagenrad. He was naked except for a pair of socks. The teen was never identified and had been on the towpath through a forest um, for a couple of weeks. His body was mummified and partially skeletonized. He had suffered a violent blow to the head, which was probably his cause of death. Um, because of the circumstances and the fact that he was never identified, authorities assume he was a foreigner and didn't actually live in West Germany, which if you know anything about World War II, West Germany was around until 1990, which is after World War II. It was formed during World War II. Well, pre, pre-World War II. Um, so there is a distinction between the first victim and the second victim. Um, it's likely that the first teen was killed where he was found. For all the next murders, it's possible that the killer realized that there was a more effective way to get rid of the bodies um, because the bodies would work their way through the sewage system for months before they would be found. And even then, it presented the likelihood that the bodies may not be found or identified at all. And typically, you could under- you could assume that by the time it spent months in the sewer system, um, there wouldn't be a whole lot of evidence left, um, even if they could identify the body or how the person was killed by that point there would be absolutely no evidence left on the body so on may 23rd 1982 a 17 year old boy named eric i don't know his last name i looked everywhere somehow his last name got lost in translation um he was found in an odd position between an inflow which um i had to google that and these are all words that i feel like my dad knows but i don't know because well, my dad is very old-fashioned in the sense that women belong in the kitchen and do cooking, cleaning, and all that thing. And, like, really, I don't have... I'm not sexist at all, but I really don't mind that because yard work isn't for me, and I don't like getting... I don't like getting dirty. So it was all, like, my dad would mow the lawn and do the yard work and stuff, and, like, I would handle all the inside stuff. So I don't know how to fix anything. I don't know anything about cars. I don't know anything about tools. And that's why I have a boyfriend so that he can worry about all those things. And likewise, my boyfriend doesn't know how to get a stain out of a shirt. So listen, we all have our strengths in this world. So um, an inflow, which I, when I Googled it, said it could be like a sub pump, a cellar drain, a yard drain, or a storm drain. It was not specified. Um, the body was badly damaged from its time in the sewer system. His pelvis and skull were smashed. His right thigh had been ripped off, and there were exposed bones present. Um, apparently, there was a significant buildup of corpse wax, and he was badly decomposed, suggesting that Eric had been dead for over six months. The cause of death was never determined. On September 19, 1982, Bernard Michel, um, who was 17 or 18, and which I said, if you'd ID'd him, how would you not know how old he was? Because if you know his name, wouldn't you know his birthday? I digress. Um, the collecting rake was caught on a fully clothed body. Um, and from my understanding, the clo- the collecting rake 
um, keeps larger debris from the sewage from going into the rest of the water treatment process. Um, like I said, I used to work at the sewer district and I've gone on a tour of that part of the plant before, but I, that information is gone now. That was over seven years ago and I don't remember any of it. Um, investigators believe that burned was thrown into a manhole. Most likely he was still alive and he drowned. He had a distinct overbite, which helped identify him, and he was known as a sex worker in Frankfurt. On July 2nd, 1983, Marcus Hildebrandt, 17, was found in the sump of a dryish bushlog? Sure. Um, sewage plant, um, a sump is a pit or hollow where the liquid can collect. I had to Google that as well. Um, so Marcus was covered in tattoos, which, <laughs> which I, so I forgot that when I researched this, this was funny. Um, he was covered in tattoos, which apparently were just the word fuck all over his upper arms, which, I mean, that's a statement, right? That's like just, I, I've always made a joke that like tattoos are always okay unless like, you get the word fuck tattooed somewhere like visible and like this this guy did it. Um, he was also handcuffed. Otherwise, externally, he didn't really have any injuries. Apparently, Marcus was no stranger to the Frankfurt heroin scene, as he had been a frequenter in the area since 1981. He occasionally worked as a sex worker and was known for his, quote, restless life, which, yeah, he had the word fuck tattoo tattooed all over his arms. That seems pretty restless. You have to be in a special mindset to do that, I feel. Um, he had been last seen in January, and his body was discovered six months later. On September 9th, 1983, a Moroccan boy um, who was 14 named Fouad Rahu was found in another sewage plant. It was thought for a time that he may have drowned or inhaled marsh gases, and his death was ruled an accident, um, which I had no idea what marsh gas was or how it could harm a person, but after Googling it, it's apparently a mixture of methane, hydrogen sulfide, and carbon dioxide, and it's a gas that's produced naturally in marshes. Duh. And, um, but also, apparently that combo can kill people, which I had no idea. Um, but my thought is, why would a 14-year-old boy be hanging around a marsh? It makes me think of, um, Labyrinth with the, the stinky swamp. I don't know why you'd want to hang out there. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Um, so on October 11th, 1983, an 11-year-old boy named Oliver Tupicus was found in the same sewage plant that Fouad was found in. Investigators believe that he was pushed down a manhole after he was murdered. Oliver had run away from home before he was found deceased. On June 21st, 1989, the bones and pieces of clothing of Daniel Schwab, who was also 14, were found in a tributary of drainage system. He had been missing since 1983. So the profile of this killer was made by the criminal psychologist named Rudolf Egg. Love him. He said that he believed the killer was about 50 years old, a loner who was most likely sexually assaulted when he was a child and now has a weird relationship with homosexuality. He is probably familiar with the area and was mobile. Um, so police had one good suspect during this investigation. There was a 40-year-old man who lived in the general area who had been convicted a couple of times for mul multiple sexual misconducts towards minors. He was known for luring homeless minors to his home and would perform sex games with them. Um, there's also a connection with the suspect and Marcus Hildebrand. Um, apparently, they frequented the same gay bars in Frankfurt. 
And apparently the suspect had relationships with two other victims and police found handcuffs in his home, but there simply wasn't enough evidence to convict him as the killer for this. So he was never brought in um, as a suspect. And that is most likely your final serial killer short. It's unsolved. Um, I'm assuming the case is still open. It's probably very cold um, as it happened a very long time ago. (laughs) Um, And that's that. So make sure to keep your eyes open for big changes coming up. And I'm so excited to bring this to you guys. And I hope you like it. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you guys have fun with it too. So with that being said, I will see you guys on Tuesday. Um, I'm going to go research right now. (laughs) So I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Thanks for listening.